Well, well. <laughs> <laughs> we're here to start talking about what does it mean to be human? How are we human? I don't know. We're still figuring it out. We're figuring a lot of things out. I'm Craig. <laughs> and I'm Carla. And we're trying to understand being human from the perspective, perspective of God's story in the Bible. It's more than just being a species like Homo sapiens. We think it's about community, about relationships, and about welcoming. We're figuring it out, still. So, join us as we do. Because we're not holier than you. Oh, I didn't want that to rhyme. Hello. Hello, this is the Not Holier Than You podcast. We're back again with episode 14. I'm with Carla. Our, and I'm Craig with our special guests, Mika and Oni, still with us in this episode. Yes, and we are studying the book, How to Have an Enemy, Righteous Anger and the Work of Peace by Melissa Flora Bixler. And we are going to be talking about chapter three, Praying for Enemies. So, uh, and Praying for enemies, does that mean, dear God, give me some enemies because things have been going too well for me? Or like, you know, we pray for health. God, give me health. Is that, what do you mean, pray for enemies? Well, I think that comes from the Lord's Prayer. Uh, in, well, maybe not exactly from the Lord's Prayer, but Jesus talks about loving our enemies. So if in the Lord's Prayer we are praying uh, for for our daily bread, we're praying for our debtors and those, our own debts and such. Maybe there's something to that because we're to love our enemies and we're to pray for those who are in debt to us somehow, which could mean they're an enemy. Okay, so the indebted, those those who owe us something. So is that part of also how maybe we can think of an enemy? It's like, I, I have an expectation and you're not fulfilling it. Well, I don't know about that. Okay. I, I've not thought of debtors as someone who owes me something. I guess I've, because sometimes it's also said, you know, um, forgive us of our sins and for those who have sinned against us okay. is another way that the Lord's Prayer is translated. So I would think we're yeah. thinking of those who have maybe sinned against us or we can see that they have sin, sinned against others. All right. There's injustice okay. at play in this. So, so this in this in this chapter, uh, we we just looked up the word to make sure we knew what it was. But we we're talking about imprecatory psalms. Correct. And it's those psalms which are of an imprecatory nature. Yes. Do you want me to yeah, say? Yeah, say it's a little bit more about what that is. So we looked that up and it means to invoke judgment, calamity, or curses upon one's enemies or those perceived as the enemies of God. And all nice people should not do that, correct? That would be the implication of the New Testament, it would seem. It would seem. Um, and yet, if Jesus said... To love our enemies. He's he's kind of pointing out that we have some enemies. And if we take the translation of the Lord's Prayer as, you know, forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who have sinned against us, um, I think that might mean we need to pray for them. 
which isn't okay. always easy. Well, I think at the very least it acknowledges there is a difference, that there are animosity or there, there's pain. There's, there's Or harm, or I think is the term, or, yeah. And that we can be angry, that we're allowed to be angry. But we are also told later in the New Testament to not let the sun set on our anger. But, you know, I think when something really awful has happened, it's hard to not dwell on that for a while and to struggle with the forgiveness. So, well, before we even get around to forgiveness, right? I mean, that's something that, that you've talked about quite a bit is that um, it's probably really good not to get to forgiveness too soon. You probably really should know the depth of your anger, frustration, hurt, harm before you jump to forgiveness too soon. Well, and forgiveness is also a, um, it's a process. It doesn't happen just boom, you know, you snap your fingers and, oh, I forgave that person and everything's well and good because sometimes that anger surges back up in you again and you get angry all over again and you might eventually have to kind of say, I, I forgave that person. I guess I need to uh, embrace that forgiveness again for that person in some and, way. And, and so we're, we're talking, you're referring to your own personal experience. Yes. Um, in the book, Melissa makes mention of the experience of others who've been victims. Yes. And, yes. And is there a need for them or an allowance, perhaps, or an openness to allow them to have those prayers of impre imprecatory prayer? Yeah. <laughs> Imprecatoriness. Yeah. So is it, is, but is there like room for us to let others go ahead and speak their pain that way? It it appears that within this book, yes, we need to allow that. We need to say it is okay for you, for me, to feel angry for that person over there whose child, whose parent, whose husband or brother or sister, whoever it might be, has been harmed, whether that's their life is taken, whether they are uh imprisoned unjustly or for too long um we can be angry about that it's okay and that anger though from what i understood should move us towards movements of justice and working toward justice so one of the one of the key elements she brings up is the is the famous or infamous uh, 137th Psalm. Uh, psalm 137 is 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 like the worst, <laughs> <laughs> but it is the story of the people who've been victimized and ca and cast off into exile, who are in Babylon. I mean, it's their song. There's the story of those who have been everything's been wiped out. They've lost family. They've lost possessions. They've lost home. They've lost everything. And these people write this psalm, or this is a portion of it. Remember, O Lord, remember, O Lord, against the Edomites, the day of Jerusalem's fall, 
how they said, tear it down, tear it down, down to its foundations. O daughter Babylon, you're, you devastator. Happy are they, happy, happy they, happy shall, yes. Happy shall they be who pay you back what you have done to us. Happy shall they be who take your little ones and dash them against the rock. Thank you. I can't read today because I've only got one good eye. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, that psalm is infamous about dashing the babies against the rocks. That's horrible. Yeah, right. I mean, if we say that we're pro-life, how can we be pro-life if we're talking about well, taking babies and passing? Yeah, I mean, yeah. but is that a, is there space for that authentic human emotion to just emerge and just be shouted out in pain to God and like, well, I believe there is. I believe that God can take our anger because God has probably held anger against us, against others. And yet God is able to take that anger and offer us forgiveness. Um, and we see the way in which that's been in the way in which that was done when God, since we're talking right now around the Christmas season, came down in human form in the person of Jesus and began to live and show us what it means to live in a life of forgiveness. But Jesus got angry sometimes too, and he got sad. He got angry about different things like, you know, the the money changers in the temple. He got sad about the death of, of Lazarus. So we can too. So, and God can handle it. So recently, in fact, this year, you and I read through the Bible Mm -hmm. and we read the Psalms two and a half times through. Right. And we came across all these imprecatory Psalms. Yes. What did you do when you came to them? How'd you feel? I think I kind of hadn't thought through what I'm thinking through now thinking, wow, is it okay to feel mad? I've always thought that, that I can feel mad. I can feel angry that God can handle it, but I may not have wanted to hear them again more than once in a year. (laughs) And then you had to read it again. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, do these psalms i'm giving that up kind of that last comment do they make you uncomfortable and then on the other hand is what is the level of comfort that these psalms provide what's the both sides it's both Mm -hmm. and i think for me the yes it's okay to have discomfort with it the level of comfort might come with knowing that there's been someone else who's been angered, who's human, a human person, who's been angered, who's been so angry against another human being, but did not act out in that anger. They may have said, this is what I want to have done to them. This is what I wish I could do. This is what I wish you would do, God. Um, Mm. And then maybe they say, well, but I can't do that. And I'll let God deal. Or, you know, there's something to be said with 
I hate to use the term karma, but you know, what goes around comes around kind of a thing that you kind of hope that somebody who isn't a kind person or is doing things that are wrong somewhere along the line, they have to live with that. And maybe, just maybe, they will begin to think about, what have I done? That would kind of maybe be my hope. And that's where this whole idea, I think, of praying for enemies is going. So, so um, yeah, there, it gets really complicated because um, what, what I hear you saying is, so Jesus and Stephen, both when they're dying, basically say, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And you want to carry that even against your enemies. But at the same time, you kind of think, well, God, I really would like you to teach my enemies a lesson that what goes around comes around. <laughs> so it's almost like, well, it's not for me to pray bad things for my enemies. Let God figure it out. But on the other hand, it's not it still feels uncomfortable to pray these prayers, these psalms. I guess I can't. I can't say. I, I I have trouble going there. Yes, and and you know, uh, Melissa uses a story from El Salvador, and um, of the way in which guerrillas came in and and killed, just in a in a horrendous way, killed um, women, children, and older people. I mean, we can even go back into the. 30s and 40s, and and think of how the Nazis um, rounded up Jewish people, gypsies, homosexuals, others, and put them into concentration camps, many of whom were put into gas chambers or uh, infernos. and, And the sense of anger and the sense of injustice and the people now in this, and, and I think what we see with many Holocaust survivors and their families, what we see in this story that Melissa shares is that life goes on and we need to move forward. We can't just stay in this anger. So I want to jump back to a phrase from the last chapter. The, the, the corruption of whiteness. Oh, okay. Okay, I'm, I'm going to hold on to that because as you were talking, I began thinking of some other things. So one, uh, when we were in Arizona, we went to the Heard Museum and we looked at their exhibit of um, the, uh, what was the education school system? The, in, the missionary schools. The, the missionary schools. schools for indigenous where, peoples. In, where indigenous children were stripped from their families shipped off to schools so there's that yeah uh, we have the japanese internment camps yes um we have um 400 years of of enslavement and and know, and, 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 racism, jim crow and, racism. and jim crow yeah and and so you and i can talk about how to handle enemies but do i do i come up to some in, an indigenous you know person and say well, you should, you know, just be forgiving. You should, you should be, I, you shouldn't have all that anger. You should forgive others as you've been forgiven. I mean, how do I? Yeah, that's a hard one, especially because through the generations, there have been people that we try not to be those people, but there have been people and and I have had to repent at least individually of my own 
biases towards people of color, whether they be black, indigenous, or uh, Latinx, um, that, yeah, generationally, it's been handed down, not only maybe by, by people like me saying things that are just not okay. Um, making generalizations of people because of, because they're not like me, they're not white like me. And so therefore they are this, that, or the other thing, or because we blame and they get arrested and they get tried and they get convicted rightly or wrongly, mostly unjustly, unjustly, um, and imprisoned. So I don't know if I've even answered your question now. Well, how I can guess, I go I to guess. someone and say, you need to forgive? Well, we as white people need to, and this is where people get angered who are white. We need to confess that sin. We need to repent of it, which means we're going to, not, we're going to turn away from it and, and, and do what we can to repair now. We can't necessarily repair something that happened 400 years ago or 300 years ago. We can't necessarily give reparations. Whoops, here we go. Here come the dogs. Um, but we can repair now. Can't we? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong on that. I need someone to tell me. Probably not you. <laughs> We're talking, she's talking, she's pointing at the dogs. Oh, no. uh, yeah, right. Um, but I, I think behind that, perhaps, is we have a position of white power and control. And I think some of the things you're just describing, reparations or repairing or whatever, yeah. it's not repairing it according to our definition. That's true. We need to look at what does it mean for that person who has been harmed to say this is how it can be made right. And so that is a sense of being righteous because we want something to be made right and we aren't the ones to define it because we're the ones who've had the power. We're the ones who have caused the harm or people like me <laughs> who look like me, I guess I should say. And it's not up to me to decide how that should be done or, or even what another person's grief should look like right one of the things i heard this summer as i was a member of um we we put together well i didn't i have to give all the credit to my friend gretchen who put together a class for idaho educators about the five tribes of idaho and we had a member of the tribes come and just tell us how wrong it was to use a certain word that has been used about indigenous women. I'm, I'm not going to say it because it is so hurtful. And she said, you don't say that. You, not ever. Never. I'm sorry. Anyway, sorry for the dogs. Um, and I need to listen to her. I need to listen to her and I need to feel remorse that people who look like me men and women 
have used a word that we wouldn't want used. I wouldn't want it used about me. So anyway. Well, so, so I think in perhaps in wrapping up this, there is a suggestion for some homework with, with this uh, imprecatory psalm. Uh, write your own imprecatory psalm. Um, and think of it this way. Write a prayer that honestly reflects your need to be liberated from your enemies. And it might even be hard to think of who your enemies are. Um, but what would it mean to be liberated from your enemies? You know, asking God to be the liberator. That sounds good. Um, I remember you leading a class on the Psalms and telling people to write their own Psalm. Not uh, sure if it was one of these, but <laughs> uh, yeah. Who do you need to be? Who's your enemy from whom you need to be liberated? That's a good one. And make it a prayer. And make it a prayer. Okay. Well, uh, thank you for listening. And this uh, is, we're not, you know, the Not Holier Than You podcast. I'm Carla. I'm Craig. And we're wrapping it up for right now. Talk Take to care. you next time. All right. Well, hey, thank you for uh, listening to our conversation. Not holier than you. <laughs> uh, and boy, we really like that title because I think it's true. Correct. <laughs> I thought you have to say it so quickly. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know I'm not holier than anybody else. Oh, I thought else you meant here. me. Okay. No, no, no. So, I'm talking to, about myself. Uh, so we're a couple of pastors. Yep. We pastor a small congregation of Anabaptist Mennonites here in, in Idaho. Meridian, Idaho. Meridian, Idaho. Yep. We're just learning this stuff and trying to figure it out along with you. So if you if we say something that's heretical or horrible or you think we're just wrong, that's okay. We probably we might be. We're learning as we go. Well, I don't think we're heretical in no. any way, but um, <laughs> I try a little. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, um, we are glad that you joined us, and we hope that you'll join us again. Right. All right. See ya. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Oh, you're going to have to edit that oh, out. Okay. Oops. <laughs>